I just I hit mm-hmm. start and it said install update. You guys both said you updated, and the minute I hit, hit record, it said update. Would you like to update? I just said remind me later. The call recorder that is. Okay. Gotcha. Hey guys. Hi. Well, hey, you sound like you're more awake this week. I I don't think I'm more awake this week. Yeah. But you sound like you are. Well, y- yesterday I got like three hours of sleep. Because a friend stayed over for the weekend, and then she ended up getting a train at 6 in the morning, which meant we had to get up at 5 in the morning to get it to the train. And then I just stayed up. And last night, I crashed. So I got about five hours of sleep last night, which is like, oh, my God. That's like sleeping beauty for me, getting like five hours of sleep. I don't know how you do that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I I just, my, I physically cannot do that. My body just doesn't work if I don't get more than that you know what i know i need to go to sleep like last night I'm, i was editing the uh the fits all podcast and i'm sitting here and then i like my head is down and i wake up I'm like oh i'm at the computer editing i guess i should go to bed now <laughs> like, <laughs> i fell completely asleep while i was editing like my head was in my chest it's like oh oh it's like time traveling it's like oh i was late night walking and now i'm here at the editing station interesting embrace it <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I don't know. I, I mean, when I was younger, I used to stay up and like I'd get working on a coding project or something. Like we I built a few games and I would get really into what I was doing, you know, and I'd look down and it'd be three, four in the morning and I'm still coding and still wide awake and just like amped and would have to pull myself away. Now it's like, oh, it's like 1130. If I don't go to bed right now, I'm going to feel it in the morning. <laughs> I got to, whew. Miles, I'm just getting old. I don't know. Yeah. You, you go to bed at eleven thirty? <laughs> no, I mean I I start thinking okay. about going to bed at eleven thirty, and then I end up in bed at around twelve or twelve thirty usually. But but I mean you know with like kids, it's honestly and and this this isn't like a kids versus non kids thing, but with kids you have to think ahead a little bit about like I could stay up right now, but if I do, then I'm gonna have to deal with kids in the morning who won't you know sleep in. They just like naturally get up at six or seven o'clock in the sure. morning for some odd reason, and so it's like I'm I'm either going to be miserable then, or I could just make myself go to bed a little bit earlier now and not be quite as miserable <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. So I think that's the hard thing for me is I can't just justify like, well, I'm awake, I may as well just stay up and be productive. I'm like, nope, I'm going to hate it tomorrow. At about uh, two a.m., I start thinking to myself, okay, I have about one more hour. What can I do? What can I do? And I start thinking, like, mm. hmm, should I do a voiceover for Patreon? Like, I always think, like, what can I use that one last hour before I go to bed for, if yeah. I'm not engaged in something? Two a.m. is my cutoff. That's like, I, it's time for bed, and that's so. It's usually mm. between one thirty and two is when I'm going to bed. Usually at four, when I'm like, if I'm still bouncing around at four o'clock, I'm like, oh my god, it's like four in the morning. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like I start getting those those guilt trips. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Go to bed. Like I start hearing that voice in my head. <clears throat> I just don't know how like you can physically do all of the work that you do on three or four or five hours of sleep. Like my body just doesn't. I mean, maybe it's a combination of running and working and stuff. But at the end of the day, my body is just tired. Like, and I could not get up after three hours of sleep and be like, all right, let's go build some stuff. <laughs> well, it's, a, nope. it's a slow, it's a slow, uh, you know, you start the engines, you warm up the engines, you take a slow stroll over, get coffee, open up the chicken coop. You know, it's like a slow, slow ramp up. And then I look at the clock and then I'll text Aaron and I'll say, you know, I'll be over at 10 or I'll be over at 11 and I take care of some mail. And then, mm. you know, and then it's like, I hit it really hard, like, like between like, I don't know, like 1130 and like three or four o'clock. That's like my most productive part of the day. 
Hmm. And then hmm. by four o'clock, I've blown off enough people where I actually have to start answering emails and start calling people back. <laughs> and, you know, then I, I end up sitting in the car because that's my office at the shop. The phone doesn't work inside the building unless people call me on the iPhone. It should be mandatory that no one's allowed to have anything but an iPhone. I'm going to call. Can I call that in? Can can that be part of the new well, campaign? You're going to start a war. Yeah. 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 Have fun with that. You should not. If, if anybody mm. wants to be friends with me, you have to have only an iPhone. I'm going to put that out there. Right? <laughs> there is a thing that might help you, though. There's this, uh, not with the Can iPhone Can Crusher thing. for that's, Pixel that's phones? A, Can Crusher? What? That's an, uh, that's an uphill battle. Oh. But there is a thing that I got at the farm, and I would have to look up what it's called. But basically, it's a, an antenna that will take any signal. It's like a booster, like a signal booster. And so it'll take any uh, LTE signal that you get and... Uh, boost it within so basically it picks it up outside and then boosts the signal inside Mm -hmm. so it doesn't boost it outside it's weird like I can go out to our farm and I can be in front of the barn outside and have maybe a bar like just barely like it's just hanging on and then I go inside the barn and I have four Whoa! now the four bars in there is not necessarily the same as if I were having four bars outside in a wide open area, but it definitely connects, and I definitely right. have data. So you got nothing. And I think inside. this thing was like unless I'm on the internet. That's what I'm saying. Four hundred dollars or something. Everybody that knows so me, it's with an iPhone knows to face audio FaceTime me, and like I get calls from all like mm-hmm. my close people with iPhones audio FaceTime. Other than that, I'll get I can get a text message. I can't send one. So by the end of the day, I like, compulsively answer so many people. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll see you in 20 minutes, or I'll call me in an hour, and I hit send. And then three hours later, I look at my phone, and that thing never went out because they don't have an iPhone. I have done less yeah, than five FaceTime calls in my entire life. Oh my god, I that is like a feature a that I just don't like. I don't want the video phone call well there's there's facetime audio That's, as well i do Man, a lot we of like facetime really audios because of the internet but facetime video i do a lot too the facetime audio i've done with a few people because the signal my cell signal is not really good at my house it's just kind of mm-hmm. hit or miss and so the audio quality of a regular phone call can kind of just jump in and out yeah but facetime, the FaceTime audio. audio uses the data so it uses my internet and it sounds like way better hmm. yeah it sounds so like a radio call it sounds like that. you're talking to somebody on the radio yeah. it's always better yeah yeah anyway <laughs> i don't know how we got to that weird what have you guys been up to what have you been up to bob you go Me? first bob well, you never go first um, I never go first. Uh, what have I been up to? This week, we made a paint booth. This is the third paint booth that I've made on my channel. It's the only time I've ever done And you say times, you never sure. redo a project. <laughs> I usually don't. Are they different sizes? This one, I, well, so the first one was at our old house. Kids are doing, I guess, PE upstairs. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the kids are all doing school from home, so there's interesting noises that I'm not used to. Um, yeah, the first one was at our old house, and it was a little portable, like, fold-up paint booth because I didn't have a dedicated spot for it. And then when we moved here, I made a much larger one that was you could still kind of close off when I wasn't using it. Now it's become kind of a fixture, so I rebuilt it again. But one of the big problems that I've always had with um, this bigger paint booth in the house is that like it, it's it was tall it was uh maybe seven seven and a half feet tall 
And the exhaust system that I built for it ran into the back of it, but it was basically pulling air from the entire room through that big opening down to a small tube. You know, it's just like a, it's uh, just a lot. So it was not very efficient. And every time I use a can of spray paint, when I'm done with it, I just like set it to the right. (laughs) It's It's just like right there, which means after a few months, there was just a pile of, 50, 60 spray paint cans just piled up next to the thing and they're all like different colors and they don't have caps and, you know. So this uh, paint booth is, the paint area is shorter and so it starts at about like, I don't know, mid-chest height and then goes up. So it's a good size but it's it's higher and then the bottom section is now all paint storage. And so we did these um, kind of pull-out Instead of drawers, they're like drawers on their sides. So like vertical things with big, long handles. Mm-hmm. And each one is two spray paint cans wide. So when you pull it out, you can look at either side of it and you just see one layer of cans. And there's seven of these things underneath it. So there's a huge amount of paint storage down there. And they're they're on a drawer slide on the top. And then they're sitting on, a ca- on casters on the bottom. So all the weight is carried dr- directly to the ground. But the drawer slide keeps them in line. So, and then there's handles that go top to bottom. So you grab the handle anywhere. The whole thing doesn't rack. You can pull it out. You have all the paint there. You can use it, put it right back in and close it. And it's, it's so much better. Like this was a definite upgrade. And I know it's going to be for people who have watched the channel, it's going to be like, Oh, another paint booth. You know, what could possibly be different about this one? I kind of get that, but it actually solved the storage problem. It uh, improved the, exhaust because the area that it's pulling from is smaller. We put lights on the inside of it facing the painting, like what you're going to be painting. There's lights that are facing toward that. There's PC fans that are putting some back pressure on where you're painting. It's it's like a bunch of little stuff, but it's significantly better. And I went in there and used it and, you know, told the guys like, yeah, it works great. It's, it's better than it was before. Like it was worthwhile. And then Josh did something and he came out and he was like, that was so much better. <laughs> like, So it wasn't just me. It wasn't me like just pumping myself up from like, good job. It's noticeably better. That's cool. Do you guys, there some paint cans have a nice cap and you squeeze the cap and that it comes right off. Usually on the cheaper ones, you ever have the caps that just don't come off? And if so, do you just oh, yeah. smack it on the side of your bench and smash the cap oh off? Oh my god. Absolutely. Every yes. time. I love doing Constantly. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, just yeah. wanted to make I sure that, that was a time. thing. But when you do that, you can't you can't you can't you gotta take a really light pinch off the edge of the cap. If you get too close, you can break off the sprayer too. I've done so that. Then mm-hmm. yeah. it's gone. It's across the room <laughs> with all the broken parts of the cap. <laughs> That's our show. So, Thanks, guys. That's what I've been doing. I, I built, yeah, I built that uh, a couple weeks ago, and then this week we've actually been at Josh's house working on another video for in a few weeks, building something over there. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting thing. Like every time I work, I'm so used to working in my own space with my own tools. Every time I do a project at his house or at some other place, it just kind of throws off the whole flow of knowing where things are and being efficient and it's not bad it's just like a different thing so I'm kind of ready to get back to you know doing something here with my own tools knowing where everything is Um, 
I'm starting to plan out a few kind of interesting to me projects over the next couple of weeks. Things that I don't know if they'll really be interesting to other people, but you know, stuff I like that I want to do. And so we'll see how those turn out, but that, I'm not going to tell you about those yet. That's your job. It's your job to make it interesting for those people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, David, what about you? Uh, so my grandpa, who I think is the coolest person in the world, uh, I went over <laughs> to his house the other day, um, and he has this friend who cuts down trees out of the woods out back, and he mills them up and and then sells them to his friends and neighbors. And so I went over there with my grandpa, and uh, my grandpa just can get free wood whenever he wants. He makes these little crosses, and so the owner of this farm just gives grandpa all the wood. Well, we went over there, and the owner wasn't home, um, but left the barn door open and just said, take what you need and, and, and leave. So my grandpa grabs a piece of walnut, and he's like, hey, is it okay if you take me over to my friend's house so he could plane this down? Because my grandpa does not have a planer. And I was like, of course. And we go over to his friend's house, and he is this I'm guessing 85 years old and just this amazing, huge wood shop and was just making these. Yeah, things. that shop was unbelievable. Oh, my you goodness. Said, yeah. Just and it, just making these incredible uh, like uh, blanket chests and had all these projects going on and just like hundreds of board feet of, of wood just air drying outside his shop. And my grandpa just continues to amaze me with the people that he surrounds himself with. He knows all these crazy artists. I'm like, stop keeping these secrets from me. I want to meet everybody that you know. <laughs> um, and my grandpa's just like, yeah, this, it's, it's no big deal. These are just people I know. I'm like, you know these incredible craftspeople. This is absolutely incredible. So um, I went over there and I was just kind of blown away. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're trying to keep our distance. So maybe down the road I can do a little profile about this guy in a shop and I've been I was supposed to do a profile on my grandpa's metal sculpture friend who's just he he's one of my idols right now but uh, we're waiting until this pandemic thing blows over so um yeah that was in my Instagram story we I'm on, I'm working on a uh, a sign for a local guitar manufacturer uh, the guitar company is called Reverend and they're based in Toledo. The guitars are actually made, I think, I could be wrong, but I think in South Korea. Um, and then they're assembled in Toledo and then distributed from here. But um, they reached out to me and said, we need a sign for our YouTube videos for this new series of videos that we're making for a pickup that is just coming out. And I was like, sure, we can do that. And they're like, how much do you charge? And I was like, well, I have my eye on one of your bass guitars. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they're like, well, we can probably give you a good discount. And I was like, well, <laughs> I, a, I can uh, give you a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll give you ten percent of the right, sign right. for a ten percent discount. Uh, and I was like, y- you know, it's 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 got to be the full trade. Otherwise, you can go to KenCraft down the road. They do CNC work. They're great people, great friends of mine. You're gonna say otherwise, you could pound salt. That you're gonna say <laughs> it's got to be full trade. <laughs> And so they come back and the guy's like, I talked to my boss and it turns out we can, we can do the trade for the, for the bass guitar. And I was like, all right. So I've been working on that and it's basically, uh, I, I, I carved this texture in a piece of wood 
and then that's like the backdrop and then where the letters and the logo is there is no texture so i'm using vcarb desktop to to make this and then cut out all the letters out of acrylic on the laser put that all together and then it's going to be framed with this rusty metal angle iron thing and it's really it i surprised myself i haven't done a lot of signs it's been on the I see Jimmy do it, and I'm like, I'm going to make a sign like that someday. And and so I'm just really happy with the way this project is coming out. You made that really cool little mini sign for the amp. That was a, That's a sign. You made yeah, a logo badge, true. but that's like that a sign. True. That's a sign. It is true. So that is almost done. And then I'm hoping I can take that over there and we can show the... It's it's not that big. It's, um, it's like the size of my head times two. And... <laughs> And uh, I'm hoping we can do a little video tour of the place at the end. And I'm hoping I can come up with some sort of little bass riff with the new bass guitar and use that as the music. That's that's the hope. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. And then I also I got another video that's almost done. The video is actually done. It's for the a picture frame clamping jig. And it's a kind of a common one. But I'm... Um, I'm doing a whole series of picture frame jig plans. So I'm waiting for the plans to get all done before I release the video. And then it turns out this channel that I like, this channel that is going to be my pick of the week, they just made the same jig like a month ago and I didn't see it. So kind of stinks that I made the same project, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah, that's what's going on over here. Could you, could you like reference that just to point it yep. out within the video? Yeah. Maybe not talk, but you know, just... Yeah, give him a link. Or yeah, something. I'm definitely definitely going to. I'm back. Did you guys even notice that I disappeared? Did you guys notice that I disappeared? I, f- I felt a little hole no. in my heart. <laughs> I disappeared for about a minute, and I'm back now. Yeah. So here I'm back. Sorry. Huh? You must have been frozen on our screen. I didn't notice that you. I thought you just weren't paying attention. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Are you talking about? You were talking. Oh yeah, yeah. It, ha- it happens a lot where you where you like do a thing and then realize after the fact that somebody else you know did it recently and it really isn't legitimately is not influenced by them it just like you missed it or yeah. whatever you know um, that's happened to me quite a few times but well, Jimmy what are you doing uh, I, was saying, I was saying that's how me and David met I made a stool <laughs> yeah. and then like in the suggested a same stool similar that I made and it popped up and I just said I go, oh, hey, man, this is just a coincidence. And you're like, you kidding? I don't care. It's awesome. So that's how we first connected. Um, what else? What am I doing? I've, uh, I I put, I got involved with this Crimson, the great guitar build-off of 2020. And I said yes. And then all of a sudden, my whole summer became engulfed in trailers. So I thought I was going to take a lot of sweet time making this cool guitar. And then it got right down to the wire where I kind of vaguely remember something about September. And so I emailed the guys. I'm like, guys, when is the 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 date? They're like, oh, this Friday. And but I knew that I had all of last week to do it, or at least three full four full good days going into the holiday weekend. And I jumped on it, and I did this burnt face guitar, which was okay. I mean, the guitar in person looks impressive. It just doesn't photograph well. And uh, <clears throat> I put the video up, and the video didn't perform extremely well. And I still have to change the title. I put it up and I kind of gave it a clickbaity title just to see if that would make a difference because I know nobody would watch it. <clears throat> and the clickbaity baity title didn't really help it. But 
but the comments are like it's you guys ever have one of those videos where you just post it and run away like you literally publish and you run away from the computer oh. <laughs> yep well that was one of those for me it literally took me like like 48 hours to get up the nerve to go and put a pinned comment which basically says hey i just did an experiment here there was a time like somebody's like somebody really like pushed my can you guys hear me yes i just yanked my headset yep. up somebody really pushed my button they're like with all your tools and you know your capabilities you should be ashamed of yourself i was like oh man wait you don't know how many things i had to do like leading up to this week i had and so anyway i just put up a comment that says uh you know i i i'm uh, i'm an artist and i take risks and this was a risk and you know in hindsight i i I made this textured band that goes around the the thing because it was all blacksmith and then the face is textured so i thought after looking at the the total of all the parts i realized the band should be high polished chrome and the face should be burned that would really set off the contrast so i might even still do that but i realize it's too late now as i'm talking because i already put it up for sale as is it's up for sale on ebay and the auction actually it's at 700 dollars, which i was completely amazed i thought i wasn't going to get i thought i was going to get crickets but it's 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 climbing i today's day one of seven and it's already at 700 dollars. so that's really awesome and mm-hmm. um uh, so that that's exciting that uh, people actually like it. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple of days to get over the burn of, like, exposing yourself and being like, well, here's something that not everybody would do. And then I made a couple of little mistakes in the build. Like, I put the tuning knobs on backwards. And, you know, so people just immediately discount you as a complete moron. They're like, how do you even know how to walk and, like, walk upright? Because you don't know how to put, you know what I mean? Like, they think <laughs> that you're just an utter fool if... Uh, and I didn't show me grounding the bridge, which is really funny. I was like, ah, this is just a bit stupid technicality where I drilled like a sideways pocket for one of the sockets and snaked the grounding wire. And I, I told you guys last week, I had no idea how to wire a guitar. They sent me a schematic and it was as clear as day what to do. And I'm like, oh, I got to ground that to that peg. And then I did it off camera and I was like, oh, this is such a stupid technicality. And a couple <laughs> of the comments were, he didn't even ground the bridge. He's such an idiot. I'm like, I did ground the bridge. I actually, I had to put it in my pinned comment so people would stop telling me I, I did something wrong. It's you funny know, like, you mentioned I, that. Because in my guitar build from three, four years ago, I did not show me ground in it either. And I'm, I still get comments every once in a while, like you did it wrong. You didn't ground the bridge. I'm like, it's just not in the video. The video is not about the wiring. Yep. And yep. the video I is mean, not, a, re- it's not a 1000% documentation of the build. Yeah. You leave things out because it's boring. Like, how do you make soldering wires together? Interesting. You know, I just show three smoky solder joints and that's it. I didn't show you how I did it. I didn't show you that I did the knobs wrong so that the first pickup is the back knob and the middle pickup is the I didn't show you that. The great thing about what we do, though, is if, if you put out a video um, maybe like a, a lot of people don't like, that's it, it's over with as soon as you put out the next video because that's the next thing. You, you've yeah. already moved on. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is weird, though, that things like that, like the grounding, because when I refinished the guitar a while back, I didn't show the grounding either, and that immediately came up. But it's weird that those types of comments will continue to just kind of trickle in month after month, year after year. And, like, you will never hear the end of not grounding that. <laughs> That's why I had to put in the pinned comment. And then, you know, the funny thing is, like, I put the, the video up. I put a video up in, like, December, January of me restoring. I happen to have it sitting at my desk, this old Winchester rifle. And the video's gotten millions of views. 
And every and in the pin comment, I was like, the gun fires and works, and I've used it on my Instagram. Here's the link to my Instagram where because I don't want to show me shooting a gun on YouTube. It's obviously no longer acceptable. So every day, like before this is over, I guarantee I'll get a comment. It's like nice, uh, nice cleaning. I wouldn't call this a restoration. And uh, by the way, how come you didn't show it working? I get that comment like three times a day. Be- because I don't owe you anything. That's right. <laughs> like back off. That that's a that is a really frustrating thing. I think there's this weird expectation around like how far we need to take anything that we do, and all of the, you know, be, because everybody that watches it is watching for a different reason. They some want to see the process, some want to see the end result, some want to see something in use, some want to see a certain part of the process. You know, and we have some focus uh, of the thing for ourselves. And that's the thing that we're trying to get across or trying to get to or whatever. And those things are usually not going to match up. We're not going to be able to get all of everybody's desired outcome into every single video because that would make videos pretty terrible, really. If you tried to cram in everything that every person would want to see, it would like, where would the video stop? Where would, you know, how could you tell a story? How could you have like ups and downs and you know have a completion to a video if you're trying to make everybody happy it's just like it's not realistic and yeah. but it's, it's frustrating that's for sure yeah so anyway i i i, I put that no i was kind of doing some self-deprecating humor yesterday when i put up the the link on instagram and i got some really nice comments from you know people that that know and love me and i know and love them as well you know like hey you know I really like it. I really like the way it looks. And I was surprised to see a couple of uh, familiar names in the, in the bidding section, you know, so it just reminds me, you know, you got your core friends and fans that really love what you do and, you know, will accept you for all your faults and be like, Hey, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I really was interested in some of the techniques you showed or whatever. You know, so like those little things get you by, but it, it is funny, you know, people, we can do every episode about comments, but you know, it's funny when people put up these harsh comments, they think that, you know, we're all these thick skinned so-called YouTube celebrities and that this doesn't matter anymore. But, you know, some of those comments can, can get to you and get to you. So the way, so what you do is you just uh, avoid them. That's it. Just go away from the computer. Yeah. It's just, it's a shame that that's the, the response that we have to kind of have a lot of times. But I mean, I've gotten to where now, uh, you know, I look at comments for about an hour after a video goes up and then I don't look at YouTube again yeah. for a week. <clears throat> right. You know, and it's hard to do. It's just, I just found me. it was better for me. It, it is hard to do. Um, cause I know that there are in the, in that week, there are legitimate questions. There are things that people want to say nice things or they want to ask a question and get help with something or they, you know, whatever. And, and I kind of hate that those are falling through the cracks, but me continuing to want to do what I do more important than answering somebody's technical question about a certain thing that I did, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm going to make up a metaphor. You know, like how like, you, you go into like a hotel pool and the pool is full of everybody, but then like you and your friends grab the hot tub and it's just you guys in the hot tub. It's usually no strangers. Then maybe once in a while a stranger will come in, but he'll come in very nicely because he doesn't want to weird everybody out. So if you put a pinned comment up in the comment section, that is like the hot tub at the hotel pool with you and your friends. Like only like the people that know and like you will re-comment on the pinned comment for the most part. The people that want to be mean will put up a comment in the, the larger section of the comment section because they know hmm. like if they come into the hot tub being all ornery, they're going to get chased out or they're going to get yelled at or they're going to, you know what I mean? It's almost like, it's like 
it's too hot of a room to come in and have a, a huge opinion. So I'm saying if you want to play it safe, put hmm. up a pin comment, and then your friends and the people that appreciate what you do will comment on the pin comment. And all the meanies will comment in the regular section because they're kind of still like, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to be, I want to say what I say because I have no self-control, but I don't want to be called out or, you know, whatever it might be. I, I've never thought about this, but you're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I like when- This has been Metaphors with Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to like, you know, just put up a little hot tub pool, uh, uh, put up a little hot tub in the pool and- just you and your friends could chill and you could actually have a dialogue with like somebody that's like not crazy what you need to do on your next video jimmy is put a comment that says just says this is the hot tub <laughs> pin it and then see who listens to this and leaves you a There's relevant so comment many people that. that listen so i really thank for people uh, thank you to the people that like bounce around to all the different avenues it's uh it's it's refreshing every once in a while i'll say some stupid metaphor and it pops up in the comment section and it makes me smile hmm. so so, so oh, like, for instance, a couple months ago, I made this barbecue ring. It's like a, a ring that goes on the barbecue pit. And at the end of the video, I was Instagramming and tell us like, I'm so glad you did this. This was my idea. I was like, it was? She's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Don't you remember I told you this? I'm like, no. And so we had this little dialogue on Instagram where she basically laid claim to the idea. And maybe she did, but I think I thought of it. We could have thought of it at the same time. And she never told me. And I wrote it in my notebook. So in the comments section, everybody's like, I'm really glad Taylor thought of this. This is such a great idea. So, <laughs> nah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. So, yep. That, yep. That's yep, pretty yep. good. Uh, so uh, this week, I'm, uh, I was going to say, thank God this uh, television show didn't record here because I still have like, like all of September is filled with things to do that has nothing to do with a TV show. So I'm working on the, the new trailers. We're, we're making the next 16. We're making them in phases. So we're making 16. I did all the CNC for the sides, and we're gonna get. I'm getting in a load of wood to to keep the project moving along. But this week, I'm making gates. My house, I have a big property with a driveway that comes in and then goes back out. So I'm making gates for both of those. Last summer, we put up these big stone pillars, and so my house is gonna look like a graveyard by the time I'm done. So I'm making the gates, and uh, that, <laughs> is that a goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... I don't want people dying oh. to get in. So I want, uh, I'm going to make the back gate as like my learning version. And then the front gates will be a little bit, they'll look the same. Like you'll look at one and then run to the back of the property and see the other one. And you won't know they're different, but this is my learning version. And then the view on the back is a little bit more cinematic. So that's why I'm working in the back first. And that's going to be the video, but I will need to make a second pair of these gates once I'm done. And then uh, I, I'm, I promise Rockler a Sam Maloof style rocking chair which is a video I owe Rockler by the end of September. I made the joke where it says, oh, you just made this video because you have to do an ad. I said this jokingly before we started. <clears throat> and people need to realize, yeah, I make <laughs> videos because I make ads. Yeah. So when people say, oh, you just made this video because you needed to make an ad placement. 100%. <laughs> it's yes. called Paying your bills. Yep. This is my job. It's like, oh, you just put that fire out because you're a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do it because you really wanted to. So the problem is, though, I wish I wish it's like when you see like Trump supporters on like uh, CNN oh and they're all sitting there begrudgingly oh, like gosh. they're in. Here we go. <laughs> no, like, no, like they're sitting there like they're in detention, you know, and they're like defending their point of view. 
I wish we can get people that don't love and love us and love this show to like listen. They'd be sitting there like, oh, no, I want to listen. And then we can make all these points. <laughs> oh. We can make all these points to them directly because we're talking to people that know and love us. So if they're listening to this podcast, you know, we're just kind of we're throwing it out. Like we're just throwing it out there. Nobody's going to be like, you want to do that. Okay, I'll do that. Well, I mean, no maybe. I, I I do think that there's a our our podcast is interesting because there's a crossover of three different groups of people. There is some crossover between those people, but the, I know for a fact that there are some people who do not cross over. And so, like, maybe somebody really likes you guys, and they're they get to hear me complain. <laughs> somebody may like me, and they get to hear you complain, or something like that. So, you know, maybe maybe it'll get through. Maybe it'll get through to. The person you're talking to this there's people that will hate watch our videos but there's a far less people who will hate listen to the podcast <laughs> that's true uh hate listen that's great that should be the yeah. name of this episode <laughs> uh, anyway well uh david you kind of had like a, a topic idea yeah for this week there's a there's a um there's a Facebook page that I, I I like a lot, and it's called Bored Panda Art. And basically, it's just a collection of art videos and and photos that they just they they post like ten times a day. And so there's some brilliant things on there. And I hate reading the comments because usually the way Facebook shows comments is like they only show like one comment now, and it's usually the one that's getting the most replies. And that one comment is usually this person going, but why? Like, like an artist will make a portrait out of jelly beans. And then like this, this top comment is, but why, but why though? Like, because just because, you know, because I had to make an ad about jelly beans. That's why. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) I don't know why that infuriates me so much. And I, I, I just put out a video last night of how to rust metal. And and then somebody's like, cool, but why would you do that? <laughs> and then, you know, Jeremy Felding put out a video on how to make a CNC table. And I tweeted out and somebody's like, but why? And I'm like, but why? Don't you enjoy the creation process? Isn't that why you watch and listen to us? So I have a theory here. And maybe this is digging too far. But we get this a lot. All of us. Everybody who makes videos, who does anything that is like past the bare minimum. Anybody who makes music that is slightly outside of a genre that's known, anybody that pushes anybody that burns a guitar face for the sake of pushing a limit or trying a new thing, (laughs) exactly. So I think a lot of people don't have the um, whatever tool they need, being a physical tool, being the time, being the money, being the skill, whatever the thing they need to make a new thing. They don't have that, and so a lot of their approach to things is I'm going to do uh, the bare minimum or I can, I'm going to do what I can with what I have. And it's more of a, like a utilitarian, like I'm just trying to get by. I'm just trying to make a table because I need a table, not because I need a pretty table, not because I need a table that can be this and this, not because I need a table that fits in this particular space. I'm just going to make a table because I need a place to put food. And so they're looking at life in general and it's, most basic, most utilitarian form. And so then when they see somebody able to step past that and do something for the sake of doing it, it's almost a little, I think they're confused and it's all almost a little like, oh yeah, watch me. I can do more. <laughs> and 
and I, and I think that's the bad way for them to look at it, but I think they see it that mm. way. Because, like, if you, if any of us who are, you know, uh, middle class, we have more than we need, but we're okay. If you look at somebody who's extremely rich and extremely extravagant and they live, they have like five houses and they're, well, I'm going to sell my yacht to get a bigger well, yacht. All of us would be like, <laughs> but yeah, why? get a really big one. It's a, it's a relative jump. <laughs> it's a relative jump from where you are to like somebody else having a different set of circumstances and being able to do a thing that to us doesn't make sense in our circumstances. And so I have to look at that type of response, you know, like, why would you make an R2-D2? What's the point of that? What are you going to do with that when you're done with it? Why are you spending that much time and that much money? I mean, I, I kind of get that, that somebody who is trying to figure out how to pay their bills or somebody who's trying to figure out how to survive in a certain particular situation is like, why are you spending money on that thing mm. that makes no sense in my situation? So I kind of get it. But okay. you know, so uh, that's a that's a, a a way that I have not looked at it before. So I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. And so the I do want to say I'm not bringing up this topic to complain about the people that ask. But why though? I I I I kind of want to talk about it because why do I do the things that we do? Why why do something that has no utilitarian value? You know, that's I want to talk about that that fun stuff. I know why. Okay, Jimmy, this goes to both of those. <laughs> this goes to both of what you guys are saying. I meet people every day, and everybody I meet, I I unconsciously make this quick analysis of them when I meet them. I'm saying, is there any percent of their existence that is an artist? Any percent? And if there is, like, if they're on, and I'm going to make this as another metaphor, the spectrum, and I'm not trying to downplay the real spectrum, but if they're on the spectrum of being an artist in any way, then I, then I, we have hope of having a connection. If they're, like, an eccentric and they have, like, face tattoos and, you know, earplugs, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I can figure out a way to really relate to this person. Like, when I go to Lowe's in, in Catskill. There's one, everybody else looks like a, a female gopher. And there's one girl who has face plugs. I'm saying up here, everybody's overweight and, you know, has a haircut from 1982. So everybody there, <laughs> You're except friends for this today. one girl who's got like a plug in it. And I can only imagine what they say about it when she's not in the break room. But the point I'm making is like, there's an extreme example of people that are definitely not on the artist spectrum. And her, who is, you know, probably at 120%. But for some reason, she works at Catskill Lowe's at Home Depot, whatever. But the point I'm making is when I could see somebody right away and I know that I could relate to them, that I can do anything unusual, you know, in the eyes, in air quotes, unusual. And that they would be like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I can relate to that. There is no but why. There's no but why. When you meet someone that's like, you know, stuck in a job, but they really are an artist and you do something, you could see that glimmer of fascination of like, Wow, I wish I could do that. They don't ask, but why? But when you meet somebody that is not on the artist spectrum at all, they're the person that will go, but why? And then you just realize you just can't have a conversation with them, you know, on the grand scale. You're like, you know what? You're not on the spectrum. You go to the people that aren't on the artist spectrum. You belong on the practicality spectrum, whatever that might be. But the point I'm making is like, I can meet people that are 20% of an artist or people that are 120% of an artist. And they'll never say, but why? They might say, but why, then confuse themselves and be like, 
That's what I really want to do. So there, it's a sense of like being guilty mm. that they're not well, doing that. You know, a lot of the comment sections is kind of like that. They're like, you got to do an ad. Like, and then they probably say to themselves, I wish I had to do an ad. I wish I could do an ad and get paid for it. You know, but they're begrudgingly angry. So that's the point. I, the point I'm making is like when I meet people, especially up here in the boonies where I am, you know, everybody you meet is not at all on the artist spectrum. And occasionally you meet somebody that has like 5%. And then like you try and connect with that 5% of them that is that artist. And then they're like, oh, can I, sh- can I show you what I did? And then like they take you into their barn and show you some like wacky welded up thing. I don't know. It's just I thought these look cool together. But they're like they're basically showing you like something they would never show anybody. Because they're embarrassed that their grandpa might be like, this isn't a right. Oh, what's the point of this? You know, and then, but they hide it, you know? So like, that's, that's what I try and when I meet people, I try and connect with that, like few percent of them or larger percent that is that artist that is on that artist spectrum. So. I think a lot of times people, so us who create things uh, all the time, artists, musicians, you know, people who are actively in the process of creating something, make a lot of connections between things um, as a way to get to an end. So like if you're a musician, you will constantly, whether you realize it or not, be listening to sounds. You listen to all the music that you hear. You listen to the sound that your swing makes when it goes back and forth and the rhythm that it creates. You listen to all of these things and you're looking for ways to tie together the different parts of your life through the thing that you love. And we do that in in making like we constantly are looking for materials that are unique that we can figure out like how do we use that in this and how do we put these two things that we like together to make a piece of furniture that you know combines or whatever and i think there's a lot of people who like things but they don't have the context for connecting those things and so like what you were saying david is you know when the people ask those questions and you start to look at yourself about like, well, yeah, why did I do that? I think a lot of it is us trying to figure out how to connect different dots that we're interested in. And like they may never realize that the, the rust creating rust is a way to connect a physical found object to a cosplay. You know, they may not think of that. They may love cosplay. They may love the texture of some old thing, but the, the creation of rust lets you take something that exists naturally and turn it into something that you actually want in a, a project that you're building. And so it's a process that they don't know how to put that process as a connection point between two things that they like. And I think one of the opportunities that we have and what we do is to answer that question when people say, but why? Because it's it's the way to from one thing to another. It's the way to connect your interests and to to not be stuck in, I only do X and I only do Y. And those things never cross paths, but they can, right? And the more creative stuff comes out of when you take two completely disparate things and you jam them together, you figure out a way to connect them. So I I think we have an opportunity with those, as frustrating as those types of comments are and those questions are, it's one of those things that there also is probably a legitimate question behind the delivery like I, my brain doesn't make sense. Like how, I, why would those two things ever happen together? There's probably a legitimate, like I'm trying to figure it out. I just don't get it. Help me. hundred percent. And that's why I say like, there are people that are on the artist spectrum that suppress it 
because of their environment, because of their family. And then they might be like, but why right. would, Why would you right. do that? As opposed to, yeah, but why? Oh, you had to make an ad. You know, those are two different types of but why questions. And the but, but why, you can connect with them and you can kind of get them out of their, you know, suppressed artist shell and break them. I mean, we've all met so many people that have said to us, I didn't know this is what I really wanted to do until I started to see it. And now they're on this new journey, even if it's part-time, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible, but there are those people like occasionally, you know, you interact with people. Like I find when I interact with someone that has 0% artist in their makeup, I just get quiet. I'm basically like watching, like I become like an anthropologist Mm. and just think to myself, how does this person, like, how does this person exist? They don't care about music. Does that not prompt you to dig into them and like figure out? I mean, everybody has to have that in them somewhere. Not everybody. You don't, don't live you in East Durham. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> and it, it's funny because, and I'm joking now, I'm just making some regional assessment. Huh. I've met several people in Kentucky and I met so many of the people I've met. I get that glimmer of there's an artist in there somewhere, whether they are outwardly like 100 percent is no there's no doubt versus like I met a couple of construction guys working at uh, the distillery in the past years, me and Dave Welder. And these guys all had a little bit of artists in them because they're really curious about what we do, asking me a lot of questions as opposed to just being, you know, ignore it Um, versus like up here where I am, you know, like like I meet, you know, uh, there's a I have a specific example, but I'll get myself in trouble. You meet certain people in certain jobs and you just think to yourself, that is the opposite of an artist. And you think to yourself, why would anybody want to do this job? It is the opposite of being anything having to do with art. And the same thing with Cleveland and Toledo and Ohio. I met so many people. And again, it could be just the people that I'm running with and the people, how I meet them. I meet so many people that have that artist in them, whether it's blatantly obvious or whether it's like, oh my God, you know, I do this menial job, but I really love what you guys do. You know, so I forget the point I was making because we had that little internet interruption, but the point I'm making is I truly believe there are people that are devoid of being any artist in the slightest bit. You know, then you go to the house and you think to yourself, like, you live here? Like, if you have anything, you're like, okay, I guess this is okay for you. That's fine. You know, there's no, there's no, interest in anything that's outside of utilitarianism hmm i mean i would i would push back on that i would disagree with that i think it's I mean, really are, like you know depends on what radio station they choose and you know there is obviously some personal preference well i think i mean i think there's you were talking about things being suppressed and i think that's probably a big part of it i think there's a lot of people who yeah uh you know are taught from very early on not to be certain things and not to think about and waste time on certain things because you know a lot of people are trying to survive and uh, my my personal classic story is I was growing up. I was I went to the School of Visual Arts, which is one block away from New York City's Police Academy. My brother was in the Police Academy while I was in the School of Visual Arts. I would look out the back window of my school and on the back of his building, face the back of my building, I'd see my brother like exercising. For six months, we overlapped. So like if anybody did like a movie of our life, they, people would see them and be like, it's so random. That's not true. That couldn't be possible. I would be in my art school with my long hair and in a ponytail and I'd look out the window and see my brother like doing these military exercises and he'd like wave to me, you know, occasionally I would catch him at the right time <clears throat> and I'd go out to lunch with him and all his police friends. So I forgot the point I was making again. So what was I saying? <laughs> well, just like people, anyway. people get, you know, in certain situations and like, 
Like in that case, he decided what was important for where he was at oh, the time. I remember the point. The point I was making is that my dad was so talk about suppressing. My dad was like, "Don't you want to do what John does? John's going to have mm. a steady paycheck. John's going to have a uh, 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 he's going to have health benefits. Are you sure you want to be an artist?" That's my dad suppressing my artistry. But I know my dad suppressed his own artistry. Like I find his notebooks from high school, and they're covered with doodles. And he even told me at one point. His father said to him, he had an opportunity to like take some aptitude test and be in some artist thing in in public school in New York City in the 1950s. And his dad said, don't do that. Do what's safe. And that's why my dad became a fireman instead of doing this aptitude Mm. test when he was, he ended up going to the Navy first and then into the fire department. And he says to me all the time, I always regret that moment in life when you're at a fork in the road and you, you decide you went this way to take security. You could have went that way, which is unknown, but it's the artist in you that wants to go that way. And my dad talked about that, you know, later in life, he talked about it, but he still pushed me to take the safe route because that's what he knows, you know? Well, and you want the best for your kids. You're, you know, you want to protect your, so David, you brought this up. Like, what's your response to this type of question from people usually? Uh, uh, I mean, my response is internal. So I'm, I'm not, I'd, I'm not going to answer the question, but why though? Uh, he, actually, uh, to be honest, I don't get the question too much. I think people who are watching my videos understand what I'm doing for the most part. Um, I'm seeing this comment on on other videos and that that board panda art uh, channel that I follow on, on Facebook, and. Um, I, I want to respond and I and I and I want to say, don't you just love the idea of creating stuff for the fun of it? Because it's it's satisfying. So yeah, I don't I don't really I don't really have a have a response. Right. Gotcha. I we could we could use Jocko's hashtag, which is because I can. I'm pretty sure Jocko uses that when people say like he even just he'll put up something unusual and and he might just put the hashtag because I can, because mm-hmm. he knows someone's going to say, but why? Like when he made the fastest uh, fidget spinner or mm-hmm. when he made this or that, it's just like, because I can. And that's, that's a good answer. Yeah. And that, that like, that will, that's not like, you know, that will cause that person, but, but why? Because I can, they're still going to go back and still think to themselves, well, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure why do I exist? And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in a quandary, personal quandary. I I think also like we could, we could look at a lot of the things that we do or some of those things that Jocko did there. Those are process, right? Those are, those are iterative steps toward something that you don't even know that you're necessarily going for. Like he, he probably didn't know what was going to come out of him playing with the bearings to make the world's fastest, you know, (laughs) fidget spinner or whatever. At the time, it was just the thing that he was interested in figuring out, and it was because right. he could. Yep. But that, I guarantee you, something about that process led to the kinetic driver because it is about the driver that 100%. he's working and on. He, right I think now. He, he, and he even, I think he posted a couple of days ago on Instagram. This is the thing that I made many years ago, which oh. led me down this other path. Yeah, he well, did actually do that. There you go. So it, you know, even in the moment, like I could totally understand somebody saying, "But why?" Like I don't see where you could possibly take that and. The creator may not even know where they could take that. But you're building up a... The creator's open. Do what? The creator is open. Yeah. 
and you're just building a, a stable of ideas, a stable of steps toward something. And one of these days, some of those two things are going to connect and become a really good idea, you know, but those are necessary steps along the way. And that's not really something you can explain to somebody. You can't get somebody to like get on board with maybe this will turn into something one of these days down the road. Maybe it won't, you know, but Hmm. it doesn't mean you can't do it. Like people don't have to understand what you're doing to do it. Here's another, a simple metaphor. Like when you want to make friends with somebody and you want to say, is there any artist in this person? Is there an artist in this person? You say, when you go to work every day, do you take the same path every single day? And they're like, well, yeah, I take the same road. That's the best way to get there. It's the fastest. I don't burn as much gas. It's the perfect, perfect route. That's the way I go. And then you like, in 20 years, you took the same exact route to work every day. Well, of course, that's the way to get there. That is like, no, that is not an artist, in my opinion. Somebody that is an artist would, would know 35 different ways to get to work from where you are because you want to explore. And then on a particular day, you might say, oh, I want to go see if the flowers on that front yard, even though it's a half a mile out of my way, I want to go see if those flowers bloomed. And then you'll go that way. Mm-hmm. If you want, oh, I want to go see if that car ever got sold, then you go that way. You know, oh, I want to go see if that house is is done being painted, then you go that way. You know, and none of these things mean anything to you, but each one of those little experiences inspire you somehow, some way. You know, they just get they just get the creative yeah. process going, even if it's just you know a micro fraction of a percent. Or oh my god, I love the color of that house. I never would have noticed that color if I didn't drive down this unbeaten path. You talk to me, well, why would you go that way? You end up spending more money in gas. I Don't use your air conditioner <laughs> and your windows down at the same time. That's, you know, that's going to burn gas. You know, stuff like that. A minute ago, you said, be open. <laughs> I, ha- I spoke to a high school class via Zoom the other day. And um, one of the questions was, you know, what, what keeps you inspired or where do the ideas come from? And I was like, I don't know how to explain it. But it's just when you're always out, you have to just accept things. Like, and I'm and and I brought up you, Jimmy, because like Jimmy says to be open. You know, refer to Jimmy for a better explanation. But it's always just accepting what you see and and being ready to, um, just being ready to be inspired at all times. And it's just a hard thing to explain. So my my figure drawing teacher. At SVA, year one, 1986, first semester. She said it in the first couple of days of school. She's like, the artist is the person that will stop and study like the bark on the tree for no reason at all. The artist is the person that'll watch the way something falls and try and repeat it. That's the artist. And she said, that's what you're here in art school to cultivate that. And that was like first couple of days of figure drawing first semester. So I always remember that. Jane Rosen was her name. And... I think it's important to recognize that in yourself. If you're the person that will, you know, I I always use this example with my students. Like one day I was washing my hands and the soap shot out of my hands and landed on the counter, but landed literally on the corner and stopped because the bar was soft and the momentum, everything landed and it just landed on the corner and stopped. It looked like my life was in a CGI, like the way it happened. And I stopped for a minute and I was just like, that is the coolest accident that's ever happened in my life. I squeezed the soap out of my hands. It went about 18 inches and stuck to the counter on its corner. And stuff like that is like, when you look for these happy accidents, or like when you flip a coin and it lands on its end, which only happens in the twilight zone. Stuff like that is the type of things like, 
you get like a little you get like a little gift like that and you think to yourself okay wow that's cool how can that inspire something down the road mm-hmm. and you look for those little gifts as an artist you know the, the non-artist won't look for those things and say yeah but but like why is who cares so what they don't see the magic in those moments so i'm going to push back for the sake mm-hmm. of not leaving people out because i think i am uh i don't think i'm completely off the artist spectrum that you're talking about. But I do think I have a different set of things that are interesting to me and than, than you do in a lot of the, the ways that we get to creating something. And so I will say that I think the, the, it's easy as an artist for, for you to, to uh, define an artist through things that are common to you, things that, that you do through the thing. I think about people who write code and how making an algorithm, this, just hang with me for a second. This is kind of a roundabout way to get to it. Making an algorithm to accomplish a task in a more efficient way um, is an incredibly creative process. It's trying to figure out how to balance the, the things at hand and all the conditions around a certain thing to get a, a more focused result constantly. And there's just, it's like an endless pursuit of making things more efficient and more efficient. And so when you were talking about the person, um, you know, always taking the same route to, to get from place A to place B, that person in that situation may be missing some of the exploration, but they're exploring a different thing. They're exploring a way to uh, take an algorithm and make it more and more efficient, which in its own way is a type of creation. And so I want to throw that out there as a way for the people who maybe don't look at artistry in the same way that you're talking about, that doesn't mean that those people don't have creative tendencies and it doesn't mean that those people don't have um, process to get something new out of the things that they do, even if those things are repetitive. Because I think there is something in um, becoming better and more fluid and more streamlined that can lead to some really creative outcomes and some really creative discoveries and stuff. So I think there, there's a bunch of different ways to do what we're talking about. There's a bunch of different ways to spend your time that may not make sense to people who are not where you are and not into the same things. I mean, cause you could say like, yeah, well, why would you take the same route every day? But why? And that person could say, because I want to figure out how to do it better because I, my goal in saving gas is to, to have the gas for this case or whatever. And, you know, as an artist, I could totally vibe and be like, okay, cool. Now you've changed my yeah. point of view, you know, as opposed right. to being, but I mean, I also want to make it clear that I think anybody that would tune into this podcast or any podcast has a bit of artist spectrum in them because you're, you're getting outside of, you're like wanting to hear other people's opinions and you're, you're taking, taking input. In you're, yeah. Yeah, totally. you're taking input and you're, you know, so I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, oh, I'm, you know, get self-conscious. And, and also you're involved in the worlds of, of our worlds and the worlds of like, you know, us, Bobby Duke and whomever else that does what we do. If you're involved in this world, you're 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 in you're in the you're in the artist club, yeah. you know, you know, whether it be little or big, you're in because you're getting outside of your utilitarian life and you're 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 wanting more. You're wanting to learn more, get better opinions, inspiration, influence. You know, all for the good. Yeah. The greater good of your own personal artist journey. Yeah. I think that's a that's a broader like way to look at, at artistry. I always felt, you know, being in I went to art school 
And I always felt like the odd man out because I couldn't paint. I could barely draw like all these visual things that all these people were so good at. And we're all in the same school. And I'm just like, I like to code. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I like to I make totally think that that's, I that's an art. That's and I an always art felt like itself. a little bit of a like a, an outsider, but I knew that there was a, a certain creative component to what I was doing. It just wasn't the same set of tools and it wasn't mm-hmm. the same. And even within what we do now, I look at you guys, I look at Bobby Duke, I look at people who just constantly are coming up with these really bizarre ideas. And I'm like, I just, I never would have gotten to that. And I feel a little bit mm. like the non-creative next to these other hyper creatives and that doesn't mean that i'm not creative it just means that like my focus is in a different place but i Bob, absolutely we're reviewing your application we'll have an answer for you any minute <laughs> so you'll be fine. i, I I'm, I'm just pointing it out that i absolutely feel that now uh you know within right. the space that we all work in i see other right. people being hyper artistic and i'm like man i just i just my brain doesn't go there and that's okay I'm pointing that out for the other people who were listening going like, yeah, my brain just doesn't go there. But your brain goes somewhere else and your brain comes up with some other path that works for you that create has a point of creation there. Well, I was going to say, Bob, you're in the hot tub, so don't feel bad. You're totally <laughs> in the hot tub. I'm not asking for like, I mean, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm glad to be in the hot tub. But uh, yeah, I'm not asking for that. I'm, I'm just trying to point out that like it's interesting yeah. how the creative space can be so so many different things to so many different people and almost everybody looks at somebody else in that hot tub and goes man like i just i don't i don't know how they <laughs> i don't know how they get there i don't know how they do that you know but we're all here for different reasons everybody's in the hot tub uh, it's just some people don't want to take their shirt off in the hot tub <laughs> <laughs> and you you bring up bobby duke and i see bobby duke as like the like the most pure artist in all my time, as like he's, I see him as like 110% on the spectrum. He is a pure artist. And he calls me every now and again to ask me my advice on stuff. We actually spoke last night. And I just, I see him and he makes me insecure mm-hmm. because of his like innocence and his creativity and his just sense of curiosity. You know, it's like he has that childlike curiosity that like we never want to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know him well enough to make this statement with 100% accuracy, but I have a feeling he rediscovered that, you know, later in life. And it's just, you know, it's to all of our benefits. So, yeah, I wonder if uh, and there's a future episode on um, I think these things can be the same thing, how to be more creative or how to problem solve, just like things we do for ourselves to help us be more creative or to um, steps we take to problem solve. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Hmm. I think there is. Hmm. All right, you guys got anything else on this? We're like over an hour. Yeah, I've been talking I, about hot tubs yeah. for a really long time. I, I just want to. Oh, wow. I, I really want to be clear that I didn't bring up that point to complain about people making the comments. That was. I just what it was. I, I thought it was going to turn into a good discussion, and it did. And both of you brought up some really yeah. good points I never even would have thought of on my own. So yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I like think that. one thing we got to realize is that we got to stop overthinking the subject. <laughs> we should just jump in and start talking. Because every subject, every time we don't have a subject, we always end up with a good we discussion. Do. Yeah. It happens. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let me thank our Patreon supporters. Um, big thanks to everybody that helps us out over there. And I always talk about the top group, you know, like the, the top supporters. And we are really grateful for Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo. Chad from Mancrafting, you can make this too. Maker and Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, 
Blondie Hacks, rich at low-end designs and Odin leather goods. There are top supporters, but I don't point out that there's actually a list of like eh, maybe another 15 uh, people in the show notes of every episode. So you can actually, if you want to have your name in the show notes for the episodes that you support, you can totally do that. Everybody at every level uh, gets the after show, which is more of us talking. Jimmy usually talks about baseball, which is a <laughs> metaphor. I spoke to a really close friend the other day and they're like, could you tell like, what's this baseball game you're involved in? I'm like, <laughs> Idiot. It's a metaphor for the TV stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were doing like a TV show and a baseball game. Well, I didn't really understand what was going on. Hope your friend's not listening because you just called him an idiot. <laughs> so if you want to. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, like boy. three people said that. So well, they're all going to make friends with it. Jimmy's making friends this episode big time. No kidding. If you want to help out the show and uh, hear the after show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. And help us out over there. And also, um, if you want to, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Apparently, that gets it in front of more people, which would be awesome. I would love it if more, you know, we could get the show to people who uh, have never heard it and uh, people, creative people who are looking for something to listen to while they're in the shop or whatever they're doing. So if you leave a review, an honest review, that's positive. Just kidding. An honest review. Um <laughs> That would be awesome because I think it would help get it out there a little bit more. So that's my spiel for that. David, what you got? So I have two. Um, raise your hand if one of these picks was going to be one of yours. But uh, the first one is Jeremy Fielding and his table saw. Were you going to pick that, Bob? Oh, yeah. No, I, I figured you would. Okay. It's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> and um, I apologize. I, I may have said Jeremy Fielding earlier when it's Fielding. Um but we actually talked about this table saw years ago on the on the podcast when we were we had a whole episode about inventing new tools or improving tools and um, so he took a table saw and made it computerized CNC so you could set the fence to it an exact um, position same with the blade height and then have repeatable cuts and then switch to something and go back to that previous cut and talked about adding cutlass to the program really cool. Go watch the video. I love the way he he problem solves, and he did run into some some big issues there. So that's a good one. It's a must watch. And then this other one, um, it's I don't know how I I only know how to say the first part of the channel name, and it's JSK, and I don't it, hyphen Kobo Kobu Kobau. I don't know, but this guy makes the most. Uh, I I. I I don't believe he's American, and he never shows his face, and he doesn't talk. So I, I, I think he's not in this country, and maybe not even an English speaker. But he makes the most incredible jigs. They are not just functional, but they just look absolutely perfect. And his latest one is called How to Make a Three-Way Doll Jig. And I've never even seen one for sale, like a, like a manufactured one that is as good as what he is doing here so hmm. those are my two picks They're really really interesting mm -hmm. uh giant uh i'm going to talk about the giant vice build by fireball tools it's a few episode series i think the the final episode isn't out at this moment but maybe it'll be out soon but jason from fireball tools is <laughs> makes these incredibly giant insane intricate builds and he's making this big vice he's trying to make like a 2000 pound vice so he can have like the uh the blue ribbon of vices on youtube and he comes up with some really cool solves some interesting 
problems and solutions. And he has a an incredible uh, water jet, which was my inspiration for trying to get and passing on the price of a water jet. I was all gung-ho to get myself a water jet, and it fell well well outside the $100,000 mark. And I said, you know what? We're in the process of building a horse barn. I can't buy a water jet till we have a horse barn done. So I'm taking a break from the water jet. And in the meantime, I'm living vicariously through Jason at Fireball Tools. I love it. Cool. Um, mine is unrelated to making, kind of. It's a, a show on Netflix. There's a kind of a limited documentary series called High Score. Have you seen this? Oh, yes. Oh. I'm like three episodes in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I, we watched the first two. It's only six episodes, and it's all about video games. Uh, it kind of starts back with uh, Space Invaders, I guess. And so far, I, I mean, I've only watched a couple, but it's really good, super well put together, like really high production value, and kind of covers some interesting stuff around the history of video games that I I didn't know, at least. Um, it's very cool. So. Definitely a, a deep dive. More than like, you, there's there's a there's a million history of video game videos on YouTube, and when you when you watch a couple, you, the YouTube algorithm just pushes them in your face. And I've watched plenty of them, but this show goes way deeper than than any of those videos, and just interesting. And you had no idea, like, oh, that was the idea, the inspiration for this game. That's fantastic. So. Yeah. I've got a book. I've probably talked about it before, but I've got a book that is um, the art of Atari. I have that as well. Do you have it? It's beautiful. the The art in that book is incredible, and it's so funny. Yeah, like you look at the cover of it, and it's just like these amazing yeah. illustrations. And you go through it; it has all of these drawings that are like this was the inspiration for this game, and then it shows a picture of the game, and it's like green and red pixels <laughs> and like, like it, it's so weird how much effort and thought they put into coming up with these stories for these games and then the at the time the technology is just there was no good output like there's no way it could have looked good but it's a beautiful book you should check it out um so that was my my big pick is is high score but also i went to see tenant this weekend with we went to the movie theater all masked up and it was really cool because when you we bought a movie ticket. I would have been terrified to go to places like that. But when you buy a ticket, it put two seats on either side of you where it couldn't sell tickets. So you were really far away oh. from everybody. Yeah, it was nice. And in the theater, there were only like a handful of people in there. And everybody was in the center seats in the rows. So there was like nobody anywhere close to you. That's just my disclaimer that I was absolutely safe mm-hmm. and I wore a mask and all that stuff. The movie Tenant kind of broke my brain. Oh. Like it's, uh, it's Christopher Nolan, and I'm not going to give anything away because I'd get destroyed. But I, it, it's, it, it's. <laughs> I don't even know how to. <laughs> you should see it, but be prepared to walk out of it going. But wait, there was. A, how did the? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Very very good. All right. Anyway, that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Oh. Oh, that's it. I'm going to take that as as no. Well, cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Thanks to you guys for a good discussion. That was fun. And uh, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Love you.